Welcome into an all-new edition of the Tailgate Podcast. I'm Aaron, as always, joined by Duncan and Ty. Whoop. In the back room of Taps on Maine. Guys, it's a big week for the NBA last week. It yeah. was, uh, was it? I mean, I guess it was kind of okay. We got some coaching <clears throat> changes. Finally got some Cut hires there. Changes. We had the draft lottery last Tuesday. Go Pistons. Ty, winning the lottery. The Pistons, hell yeah. You're going to hopefully take Cade Cunningham and not... Not Screw this pick. up. Don't Do trade not the trade, the pick. trade the pick. Darko Please don't trade the pick. Darko. Darko. <laughs> Please don't. Is this your highest pick since Darko? I believe so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you don't take Cade Cunningham, you're an idiot. But uh, well, I specifically am not you. an idiot. No, specifically <laughs> no, you. No, you <laughs> in this yeah. case. I personally don't take that. Yes. This is all your him. fault if, it, yeah. if you don't take him. Uh, but yeah, how that. Uh, shaped up. We got the Pistons at number one, number two, Houston, three, Cleveland, who always just seems to have a top three pick every other year when they don't have LeBron. Uh, four, Toronto, five, Orlando, OKC at six, Golden State, who ended up getting two lottery picks at seven and 14. And then uh, just a whole bunch of like the Orlandos and Sacramentos and all that of the world from eight to 13. Um, yeah. This is an interesting draft. There's there's yeah. a lot of guys that are interchangeable from like two to five. Uh, you have two guys who skipped college, went to the G League in there, and Jalen Green and uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the USC big that could be right Evan in there. Mobley. Um, yeah. If you don't take Cade Cunningham at number one, the front office there has a, has big big stupid. issues. Yeah, Especially stupid. we were talking about before the show. You guys hit on three picks last year in my opinion. Uh, two of them, all NBA rookie team. And, and the worst was our first pick that we had in that first round, which is Killian. Killian, and he wasn't even, I wouldn't Bad. even say worse. He just, he didn't get, get opportunities at the beginning of the year, and once he finally did, and he hit his stride at the end of the year, he, he played just, really well. Yeah, he right. didn't have as productive a season as yeah. the other two, and that's saying something. Yeah. Right. And honestly, I think with how well the other two, Sadiq Bey and the other players, the big, um, shoot, name's escaping me, um, but – with how well those two played, and with Cade Cunningham being kind of a uh, ball handler, um, but more also of a modern ball ball handler, yeah. that leaves Killian as potential trade bait to get picks in future drafts. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, the thing that we like about Cade, obviously, or the thing that everyone likes about Cade is he can play multiple positions as well. So, right. Yeah, I think with the modern game and how taller point guards are becoming more centralized, and how much better better of a ball handler than he is than Killian. Mm. I think it's very much kind of a situation that Dallas had a few years ago where they had uh, Luka coming in as the rookie, but they had Dennis Smith Jr. who had the breakout rookie year. And mm. you look at it you're like, these guys are better with the ball in their hand, so let's get rid of the one that's not as good. And I think that that could be Killian in this situation. Mm. He's not much of a shooting guard. doesn't yeah. bring that on that, that side of the ball. Um, but very good situation that Detroit has – themselves in and i'm excited to see where that team is if, if and when you guys take kate so it's going to be a really fun young team for a few years mm-hmm. i mean he's he's just such a like if you watched him play at oklahoma state mm-hmm. just so smooth yeah like it's just silky smooth out there mm-hmm. it's just it looks like he's not even trying half the time and yeah. that's just because of how damn good he is yeah yeah i love i love him as a prospect um and i mean yeah i mean obviously it goes without saying um obviously want to try to stack as many generation talents as we can sure. and i know that we just like jumped into the hey here's what's cracking open segment but like yeah. this is you know this yeah, is what's crack cracking open, open. Yeah. you know like this is the start and the kind of the biggest thing is like obviously nba playoffs conference finals coming up but the fact that the nba draft lottery which sets up that future because yep. toward these points in time in the season especially hockey and basketball you're looking at the end of the season you're looking at the wrap-up you're looking at the final mm-hmm. tie-up and um especially teams that have been eliminated and been eliminated for a while, if you're not looking toward the future, mm-hmm. eh, you're doing it wrong. It's like know? we talked about last week when I had the, when I questioned, I was like, has the league year even started yet? Yet the Celtics are already <laughs> on to the next league year, yeah. but we're still like, no, you're absolutely right. You're just getting ahead of the rest of the rest exactly. of the league. Uh, and that's smart. The, <laughs> one of the most interesting headlines I saw come after the lottery, especially with them now having two first round picks is the potential for, or two lottery picks, I should say, is, is the Golden State Warriors apparently want to package number seven and James Weissman to immediately update their roster. Yeah. And a key player that's out there that they apparently want to target is Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Okay. 
I like that a lot. I I like that. I'm I, I'm not a you know I'm not a huge I was gonna say, fan I of him you're... overall as like a superstar prospect. But when you have Clay and Steph, if he was the third option, that would allow yeah. him to flourish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you can still play him with Draymond because you can start Draymond at the five, but kind of use Siakam as more of the taller player. He's like right around six ten to rotate in and kind of yeah. like fill that fill that post presence. You know, right. Yeah, I mean, Draymond can handle most fives anyways, defensively, so mm. you're not losing anything there. And Siakam's more of an offensive threat and better he's just, just offensive player in the yeah, post. Yeah, he's just a, yeah, he's, he's a much more yeah. polished player in the post. It, Draymond gets a lot, a lot of his buckets are kind of dirty buckets. It works out belt, but, but, or it works out well for both teams. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of one of those things where, like, you look at trades and it's like, yeah, there's Toronto, not necessarily a loser. Yeah, Toronto has to enter a real... Or, a legitimate rebuild, especially with having the number four pick, uh, probably losing Kyle Lowry this offseason. I mm. just still can't believe, like, they missed out. They missed the boat so hard yeah. on not trading Kyle Lowry because they would yeah. probably have another pick. They wanted to. Right I now. mean, that's what that's not really on them. That's more on the Sixers, the Heat, the Lakers. The, Lakers, the teams that couldn't get the a deal done. That stupid freaking should Lakers. be closer to the finals than what they were. That yeah, hence them. why we've got yeah. such interesting matchups in yeah. these uh, conference finals. Absolutely, but let's do it. Yeah, speaking, I'm, hey, I'm excited though. I like it. I love the. I, I like love it. these playoffs. I like it a lot. This is mm. such a refreshing playoffs. Ooh, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I started we've to break out a little macho man there. <laughs> we've had so many uh, finals centered around like dynasty teams and the LeBrons of the world, and and that's great. But the big I think threes, it's refreshing and... for fans to get fresh teams that we haven't seen it was really cool watching the uh end of uh was it game two yeah game Game two two. on saturday night um and i I think ty and i can both tell like it was exciting watching the crowd like it was Mm. just like you wouldn't think in kansas city a lot of people would be getting into a milwaukee atlanta conference finals matchup and yet we had a significant portion of the guests here at Taps on Main were really yeah. getting into it. And it was a lot of fun. Mm. This is going to also show the NBA and a lot of, I, f- I feel like a lot of leagues that nobody, fans in general, don't care what markets in the, in the conference finals. Like, yeah, it helps with those large markets in general. Yeah. But like the average fan, if you're a fan of basketball, you want to see different matchups. And you don't care if it's Milwaukee and Phoenix and all these like the smaller market teams that don't make it there often, you just want to see good basketball. And mm-hmm. we've been blessed these playoffs. There was a, a stretch of like 10 games in a row in like consecutive game, days of getting games that went right down to the wire. Right. And it's been really fun to watch. I like the, especially the, the Suns Clippers series, the ending of what was that game two when uh, Clippers should have won it right at the end. They got they uh, oh, yeah. had a one point lead, stole the ball Yandere with Aiden. with nine seconds left. Paul George gets fouled, misses both free throws, and then they mm. have the last second play to DeAndre Ayton. Just oh man, the look on Steve Ballmer's face too when yeah. when Paul when Paul George missed that first one. Just yep. that. Uh, and how honestly how smart of uh, Monty Williams to draw it up because on inbounds plays there's no goaltending. Oh, so you okay. can the ball can be right above the cylinder. I knew that because of a Dallas game a couple years ago, or was it Dallas? Uh, Tyson Chandler was involved. Actually, it might have been the Suns when he had that brief little stint with them. I think it might have been them them as well. But uh, they they disputed like right at the end of the game, they threw the ball right above the cylinder, and he basically just barely I tipped it do in. Remember this? Yeah. And if you watch like the players' interactions, you see like Rondo and all these players like that's that's goaltend. Like what, what's like what's going on? Like the Suns players are like, nope. That, like you sure isn't. Them. <laughs> what, I, it was Devin Booker that walked right up to Rondo, and he's like, doesn't exist in a ATO play. Like, yeah, but it, yeah, very smart on Monty Williams. Use the height of your center there, and Jay Crowder for a long time has been one of the best inbound passers in the league. So that's just such a good signing on yeah. their part. Crowder. The guy had kind of been floundering for a couple I love of years, Crowder. but I, I well, yeah, I mean Crowder's. Crowder. He's a he's a superb player in the right situation. He was the he was turned out to be the headline player of the Rondo trade with Dallas. Yeah, and I've talked about we talked last week about James the brilliant job that James Jones done. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most underrated move yep. that he's made that has helped propel the Suns to where they are. It's, Absolutely, it's Crowder. Yeah, really, so. the only bad stops of his career he's had was at the beginning of the career with Dallas because he didn't get opportunities, and then playing with LeBron for a half a season, mm-hmm. he just. It didn't click with uh, that Cleveland team. Weird. Weird. Hmm. Yeah. 
Well, he also has just a deep hatred for LeBron that we saw in this series. So I just weird don't think he wanted to be there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, Suns Clippers is 3-2. It honestly should be really 3-2 Clippers. But, I mean, it's been a fantastic series. We got to see a uh, reemergence of Paul George just averaging, like, basically 40 points a game. Paul George is playing out of his mind, man. Got to, like... I didn't. I, I didn't think he would. I didn't think he would step up, and it's been a lot of fun watching him do so. I mean, we said like uh, a couple podcasts ago where it's like, well, if this Clippers team wants to do anything, it's all on the shoulders of Paul George. Yeah, and can he handle and it? Reggie Ooh. Jackson. Man, yeah, absolutely. Reggie That's Jackson. True. Yeah, saying he's feeling feeling himself more than he ever has playing with the Clippers. I mean, that uh, I've imitation. Never seen this out of him. It's yeah. unreal. The the only the only knock that I have is like the Chris Paul thing last night, where it's like he kind of did like the imitation of him. Like, no, after, that yeah. wasn't that wasn't Reggie. That was, I thought it was uh, right. no, that was uh, Patrick Beverly. Oh, Beverly. And honestly, I, I don't blame him because that what Chris Paul did is going to be illegal next year. Oh, okay. That's like he flopped. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Like he drew contact and flopped on that play. And you have to understand how frustrating that is as a defender, especially in that situation, knowing next year you're not going to be able to do that. And this is hilarious. Mm -hmm. I love that he made fun of him. Yeah, oh, cool. And Chris Paul literally spent most of that game on the floor flopping anyways. Like, he deserved to get mocked in that And game. just after we had, we've had, we had such a good narrative about mm -hmm. Chris Paul lately, mm -hmm. and then you had to go and sit there and just flop it all up, man. Like, come on. It's, come on, CP3. It's funny. I have a couple friends from college that have basically every game since Chris Paul's been back, they post on Twitter, they're like, legacy game tonight, maybe? No? Is he going to, like, is he going to show up for these conference finals games? Because, like, the first game back – like they kind of won without really needing him like he mm. they they played well as a team so it didn't really matter that he didn't play well and then the very next game again plays like crap and then they lose now they lost another game and the narrative is very much like chris paul's just all over the floor like mm. just falling down when I mean, he doesn't need to be like trying to draw it wasn't Chris, off. it was Cliff. Cliff Paul. Cliff, yeah. was, play, Cliff was playing actually <laughs> last night. Yeah. They traded. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't like wearing his glasses, so that's why he kept falling down the whole time. Couldn't see. Cliff needs his glasses. So. <laughs> Chris Paul has a alternative life where he is just tortured by the State Farm guy. <laughs> no, that's, they've done the commercial about that where he's just like, don't you all hear it? Did yeah. you hear the <laughs> yeah. uh, but Somewhere Chris it, Paul was just like taped up in a locker room. <laughs> Think about this, though, with the Clippers. Like Last year they lost after being up 3-1. And they had multiple series, Just actually under Doc Rivers. I think they had three different times where they lost series where they were up 3-1 mm -hmm. to get eliminated from the playoffs. If the Suns were up 3-1 in this series, and with how the Clippers have played the last two, two games, games especially, last few or three games really, like you have to – like if they win game six, I'm – I think they're losing the series if they if Doc Rivers is sitting there the like Clippers win the me? series. If, Everyone thinks it was my fault. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. See, CP three. Saw me. Do you guys remember the Doc Rivers quote last year after when Paul George criticized him? Oh, it's not, not going to be much different. Ty Lue was sitting right next to me on the bench. It's it's a little bit different. I know. Paul George is playing a little bit different than they. Just a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of narratives around this, that series in general, that, like, I really want it to go to a game seven just because of Chris Ball versus the Clippers, the 3-1 thing with the Clippers, mm -hmm. like, everything involved with that. And then we have the other series, the Bucks versus the Hawks. 2-1 Bucks. Trey Young got hurt in the last game, didn't really play well when he came back in. You're probably going to miss this one. Is it? They're saying that he's going to sit out. They haven't officially ruled that on it, sucks. but it's leaning more toward doubtful. That sucks. Because, uh, yeah, their only chance is for Trey to go off in the mm -hmm. games. And the Bucks are really kind of the beginning of the first, like, half of the game, like, he was just, boom, he was fired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the, he's a game changer. It's like the, the Steph with Golden State. When he's healthy and he's hitting shots from damn near the logo, they're just yeah. a different team. And, I mean, Atlanta's a fun, deep team anyways, but you have to have Trey Young, too. To really compete there, right? Uh, Lou can only do so much off the bench, and we like Lou, but I mean, I mean he can only do he's so a much. Player. He's, right. he's not changing that series, yeah. Uh, unless he doesn't have enough lemon pepper to change that series, <laughs> he's getting all the lemon pepper wings he wants, though. Yeah. In Atlanta, yeah, he is. He gets to go to Magic City after every game, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
I mean, the Bucks. I think it would be really cool to see them in the finals too, because yeah. I mean, Giannis won back-to-back MVPs and all these. I mean, the bubble last year I don't think was really indicative of how good that Bucks team was. They were mm-hmm. on track for I think seventy-one wins last year uh, before the league got shut down, and then they came back and lost in the second round to a scrappy Heat team that like is ba- bar- like barely out of the lottery this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing, like, a little bit of the bubble wasn't real last right. year. And neither – I mean, these playoffs are – they're going to have their own little asterisks with certain fans too, mm. but – Are you telling me it got burst? Hey. The bubble got burst. The bubble yes. got burst. <laughs> pop. Yes. Uh, pop, pop. But, yeah, I, I honestly don't have a single scenario where I wouldn't be happy with whoever gets to the finals this year. No, I, I think it would be fun to see any of the four teams remaining in the finals – a lot of narratives with a lot of good players too. Yeah, and I mean, even even as Duncan said, like we were sitting at the bar on uh, Saturday night, and the fact that there was rooting going both ways, like that was kind of yeah. the thing. Was it wasn't like just one sided? It's like, oh, we had a bunch of Bucks saying, and we had people wearing Bucks jerseys, Bucks hats, and that was the majority of the crowd. But it was yeah. like, but they, even then, when like something would go to would happen on the opposite side, they were just there. Oh man, like it was just great to have like both sides, and honestly, just people being invested because they're invested, you know. <laughs> And one of the, we, it wasn't just Anna DeCoupo stuff that we saw too. We did see a Middleton jersey. And I think we should speak to that is yeah. Middleton, for a guy like we've talked about, like Milwaukee not having a true, like a guy who can take true over. Like, yes, Giannis can take over mm. in certain aspects of the game, but somebody who you need to just start hitting shots in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And we've thought they haven't had, they had, that they haven't had that guy. Chris it's Middleton showed kinda, up like just gangbusters. Oh yeah. It kind of reminds me if you remember the, uh, in the 2011 playoffs when the, when Dallas won it, that uh, Jason Terry would go off uh-huh. in the fourth quarter oh, yeah. and take over. Legit. Like he was, he was kind of their closer. Yeah. Where like Dirk would keep the like obviously was their number one option, but he wasn't leaned on in clutch situations. It was very much Jason Terry taking over, and that's very much what very uh, played very different ways. But like what Middle should should yeah. do as being mm. the shooter on that team, and honestly, like even the upgrade from last year from Bledsoe to Holiday has shown a lot because of his def- not necessarily scoring but his defense and his passing. I think he had 17 assists in their last game. Yeah. Uh so they there's they're getting the benefits that they need from those players. Yeah, it and, was a Drew upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Duncan. <laughs> Uh, sending teams on holiday at this point. Huh? <laughs> sending teams on holiday at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I, the one thing that I do to respect about the Bucks is the fact that uh, once, when, when like when game script changes. Yeah. So when Trey Young was shooting lights out, and then they change the kind of that, uh, like any of those big three that they had there would kind of come in. And I'm not even, and I regret even using the term big three because obviously, like they, I guess they have the biggest three names maybe in the tournament right now. Um, but not even I, I regret using that term. I actually, yeah, Phoenix. yeah. But uh, but so basically, whenever they would all they had that combo, that right combo of bringing Giroux off and being like, all right, cool. Now you help facilitate and get you know Portis involved and you know and, and get you know Brooks Lopez involved and and all that. And then like they would then they would change and be like, all right, Middleton. Now you're running the show. Yeah. And it was just it's really good because especially like there's a little bit there in the game where I, I think it was like into the second quarter and the third quarter where Giannis was a little cold. And Middleton is going to happen in virtually yeah, exactly. Game, yeah, exactly. Just and, because of his style. Right. But also, like, at that point in time, that was when Middleton, you know, started catching fire and then pushing in the end of the game. And then that was when Drew was like, nah, I'm cool. I'm going to just – all the young guys, let's spread it around. Like, let's just play basketball. And it was nice, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys – it got circulated on Twitter and Facebook a lot, a lot after – especially after all the narratives about, like, how long it takes Giannis to shoot a free throw. He's not a great free throw shooter. But uh, there's a clip of him in practice where he's just laughing. He goes, guys, I've experienced it all. He goes, I've missed back-to-back free throws at the end of a game. He goes, I've been crossed up. I've been dunked on. I've dunked on people. I've crossed up people. He goes, you got to keep going. He's just, like, such a likable guy. Like, he doesn't get bury himself mentally. I kind of feel like someone in in Philadelphia does in those situations when similar things happen to him, Uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, Giannis just he always wants to improve and he's yeah. never going to like stop playing his way because he failed in a situation I think that's a really really cool thing about and him. I and I agree with that I'll be it too and we I've I, myself I think last week was critical of Ben Simmons because mm-hmm. he doesn't 
ever make the seemingly yeah. doesn't make the effort to improve outside of the strong points of his game. Right. He has said he's not going to go. He's not participating in the Olympics this year because he wants to work on his skills. Now, which skills those Good are going him. to be, <laughs> we shall see. If, these that if that means he's just like, I feel like I need to improve on my passing yeah. and my defense and get the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. No. Which, just... which skills are we talking about? There's a exactly. little bit of a list. So that, that's where it's like, oh, cool. You're going to work on your shooting. Uh, free throw which skills, Ben? Yeah. Benjamin? Not just that. Just Benjamin? Shooting, yeah, just shooting all over the floor in general. Like, yeah. dude. He needs to work on a lot of his offense. Can he work game. on being less of a bitch and just fading out <laughs> during Whoa! the end of the game? <laughs> but seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I can't so wait fun. to see how. Fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun yeah, moving forward. Game seeing four tonight. Game yeah. four for yeah the, the Eastern mm-hmm. Eastern Conference. And then yep. we'll see what happens in game six tomorrow. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Can't wait. Ooh. Can't we, need wait. Another, we need another playoff P, not pandemic P game. Seriously, yeah. I want to see I want to see rated R Paul George, not PG. <laughs> None of that in the middle bullshit. No. PG thirteen. And uh, another thing that's starting like we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show that's starting to get cleared up is the coaching carousel. Yeah, There's seven openings. Just going keep on in. cracking open these headlines. There you go. That a boy. Yeah, it's a little late to the party, but we got it. Hey, better late than never. <laughs> yeah. Hey, some people on, are late to tailgates, man. That's that happens. Sometimes, say, sometimes you have to play catch up. Yeah, you kind of you know. Uh, but uh, the first first job that got filled was the Boston hiring Ime Adoka. Uh, Garbage. Honestly, the best hire of the of the bunch so far, in my opinion. Homer. Uh, I will I say second, but maybe could could end up being the best for sure. I think it's just yeah. because Carlisle has a title. That's why yeah. I think that's the best hire. Carlisle also far. has six first round eliminations in his last six playoff appearances. He did get a title. Um, I just hope all teams have fun. The most predictable hire was definitely Carlisle to Indiana, I think. Like, when you really looked at it, when well, it happened. I thought he was going Portland, honestly. that's doesn't really fit his market. <laughs> He's a Midwest-looking. That like, and if anyone was hiring, like, the first white coach anyone, to hit the market, yeah. it was Indiana. Yeah, and anyone and he would has ball, ties yeah. to the organization he coached. It's just we see we don't ago. necessarily see Indiana make smart. He has that super play, white boy out. Midwest name, Rick. You know, like Rick Carlisle. Rick. Richard. Rick. Carlisle. Richard. Tricky Dicky. Uh, what's happening? I mentioned before the show. I will. I I personally liked it just because the drama of it all. Like, obviously, we know that the breakup with uh, Dallas was not great. There's not. A lot of, not but, exactly a clean breakup. No. And instead of someone's left by the knees in the shower, to Tim McMahon after he got fired and like gave an open interview and was like, "Yeah, I really hope that they hire uh, Jason Kidd uh, because he and Luca have a lot in common. I think that they'd complement each other well." And that was seems like a really nice comment. Like, but at the time, it wasn't really out there that Jason Kidd was even the leader, like in the, the clubhouse media, leader to be. But, Clearly, Rick Carlisle knew that he was the leader there. Yeah. And Rick Carlisle actually did not have a very good relationship with Jason Kidd when he was in Dallas. A lot of people. Uh, and it's coming Kidd. out that Carlisle also didn't get along a whole lot with Luca this year. So I think that was more of a shot at, like, their personalities in general. So, Low-hanging fruit this one will be. getting along with stars this yeah. year. It just happens. This news coming out. <sighs> Low-hanging fruit. Brad You're kidding me, but, having... you know. Albeit, they, they were amicable at least, but this, yeah. Yeah, this Dallas situation. You didn't really see it on the – like, no. if it never came out that they kind of clashed in the locker room, then I don't think no. they would ever know. Because, like, I mean, Kemba never showed any of that on the court. He no. was always smiling, Kemba. Uh, so, Jason Kidd, hired by Dallas. Uh, Portland got Chauncey Billups, causing some controversy there now. Uh, Damian Lillard finding out about Chauncey Billups' past, basically, and not Ooh. he is apparently losing faith that the front office is competent to make correct decisions, decisions yeah. especially given. He wants to win a title for Portland, yeah. and he wants to be the guy who is surrounded by the talent, but I think he's definitely starting to see the writing on the wall. It's, sure. it's not going to happen with the people in charge in Portland. Yep. Mm. And uh, the rumored, I, the last one, I'm only mentioning because I think it could happen today based on rumors the last few days. Uh, Penny Hardaway got an interview with Orlando, 
And they kind of did it as a formality because of his closeness with their organization, mm-hmm. just giving him like a courtesy interview, and apparently it blew them out of the water. And now he's the front runner. No that's shit, for that's cool. the Orlando that's cool. Magic job. Yeah, like so what would that be to become full circle? That. Penny Hardaway. I would love that. Uh, and yeah, if you're gonna you're gonna find someone who's finally like in, really invested in Portland, not that other coaches probably weren't invested in winning, but like someone who really loves the organization because uh, of everything like that happened in his career. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's refreshing to see a lot of young faces out there and not just like retreads of mm. coaches. I mean, I guess Jason Kidd is kind of a retread, uh, I mean, to a point, but I mean, he still played within the last, he is, he is a retread, but he was also a guy given a head coaching gig immediately, right. immediately and, after his yeah. playing career. Was and over. two jobs with high expectations back to back. Right. You had the Nets team that had just traded for KG and Paul Pierce. They were expected to be a top three team in the league and they kind of just, fell flat because of not having the right mix of players, in my opinion. And then he went right into Giannis with Milwaukee. And it was before Giannis had broken out as like an MVP, but he still had Giannis and that people knew he was going to break out. He never really had any true test to like cut his teeth as a coach. And he did, but like, it's just like, it was, he was thrust into these like situations was like, you're the ending piece. We're going to win now. And it's like, sometimes when you take over a position that you're not necessarily familiar with from player to coach or from player to GM, um, I will point in case, look at, you know, obviously a hero of mine, Steve Eisenman, like when he went to Tampa Bay lightning, it took a little bit to get Tampa Bay lightning. And now we're looking at Tampa, Tampa lightning, being able to maybe look at a, you know, back to back win. Mm -hmm. And that was all based off the shoulder work from Steve Eisenman beforehand. And it takes a little bit to like, Kind of break that player tradition and re- and you have to cut your teeth at you a new were, position you have to be allowed to grow into becoming a coach you right. don't just immediately go rarely do you are you able to immediately become a pl- go from a player to a coach and that's something jason kidd was never given that opportunity to no. grow into a being a right coach. i mean look at hall yeah. of famers that have made coaching all over in every league and the only one that one of the ones that jumps out to me immediately because i'm still in the hockey train is patrick Waugh. he took over his own team you know and the avs and he's gone you know, and it's because sure he wasn't necessarily, yeah, he's an asshole, but he wasn't, he wasn't the <laughs> option, you know, and he was like, I was a good player. I was a great player. I'm a Hall of Fame player. I can obviously yeah. be a coach. And it's like, that's not necessarily the case when it comes to professional sure. sports. We're, yeah, we're going to, we're going to see very quickly, in my opinion, because of the talent of their star player in Dallas, how much Jason Kidd has improved as a coach, because mm-hmm. a lot of the criticism of him, especially in Milwaukee, was how he used Giannis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw uh, Budenholzer kind of step in and fix that right away. Uh, there's criticisms of Budenholzer in general still, but very well founded uh, criticisms. Absolutely, fair, <laughs> but fair. they're not over how he uses the star player. No. Like Kid wanted to use him as like their primary point guard, and that's just not what Giannis's game was. And he's it's not like a New Orleans situation where mm-hmm. the organization is forcing him to what was you know to limit the minutes of their superstar, like, right? And that's, oh, that's one of the uh, two jobs still available is New Orleans. And, Shocker. Uh, early in the process, I, I haven't really paid attention to theirs because, honestly, I haven't really even seen names floated since. Because you'll, they'll probably be gone, like be fired fast and like I, too quickly for you to even really pay attention. I wish I would have wrote down her shit name. Show in New Orleans. But one of Van Gundy's assistants, and it's a female assistant that they have, was the early favorite. I haven't heard anything about Oh, don't do that to that poor woman. Congratulations, Uh, you're the first female head coach in NBA history. But it's with the New Orleans Pelicans because they are terrible. I mean, if if you get the right coach in there, that team can take off. Yeah, but But they have to be be given the the reins by the organization to allow the players to thrive. You you saw a lot of the frustration for that Zion has had. Yeah, there's a reason why the two best players in that team's history both left as soon as they possibly Yeah, could. they traded for Eric Bledsoe that, like, downgraded from Holiday to Bledsoe. And then, what, didn't they extend Bledsoe or they tried to or something? I think, yeah, they, 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 did, they did extend him, yeah. <sighs> I believe they gave him a four-year extension, which that's is crazy. That's just, he's already 30-something, isn't he? Yeah. Brilliant. It's, Brilliant! My, my opinion, one of the measures of good and bad organizations, if they're getting into their, like, if you have a player who's like a star but not a superstar, which is like not even close to a superstar, which is kind of what Eric Bledsoe is, uh, who he can kind of give you 30 in any random game, but he's not going to ever sustain 
that type of scoring. If your organization is giving a guy in their early to mid thirties, four year extensions where they're making like borderline old max contracts, that's, that's a measure of a bad organization. Yep. In my opinion. And they've done that quite a bit over the years. At best, you'll occasionally make the playoffs as a seven or eight seed. Right. And lose in the first round. Yep. Yep. I just got forwarded a tweet from, uh, from uh, basically, oh, wow. yeah, about so uh, Chauncey Billups. They're having the press conference for, or the introductory press conference for Chauncey Billups and saying that they are cutting off questions that have anything to do with his 1997 rape case. Yeah. That's, that's not a good look. That's um, not a good sign. Especially when your star player is already upset about that situation in general. Yeah. Um, so just, just yeah. hot box the room. Everybody's figuring that? about it. Oh, Washington. Ugh. Washington's the other job. So there's only two jobs left. Yeah. Uh, Washington and New Orleans on the market. And I, both of those jobs, I haven't really heard anyone that's the front runner. I'd like to see Becky, Becky Hammonds get one of those jobs. But, I would really like that. Too. Uh, sure Portland didn't really take her, take her interview seriously, apparently. She did really well, and they still went with Chauncey Billups. Cause they Do you think, think uh, there's a chance that Portland would back out of Chauncey because of all this? They're stuff? having the introductory press conference right now. They're not backing out at this point. Okay, cool. I was just, yeah. They would, know, have, just, they would have done curious. it before they actually made the hire official. Because usually yeah. that takes, I mean, even Ime Adoka for Boston, they, like, sources confirmed he was hired, but they didn't make it official until they actually had the press conference. Gotcha. Which I was is kind of the same situation. Like, yeah. that's really, really hard to do with, like, coaches' unions and stuff like that. Um, but it's not unprecedented. It's just it'd be a really bad look at this point, even worse than then hiring him to hire him and then, yeah. and then be like, well, where, why didn't you, why did you consider him if you already knew that the, these allegations were out there? You can't backtrack. Yep. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out with uh, Dame because there's strong rumors that he's going to request a formal trade. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. And it's very interesting because a lot of the teams that make sense for him have already in the past few years made moves to contend. And I think we're going to see very much a similar situation to Harden where the compensation form doesn't really match anywhere near what you're getting. Because uh, I already said before the show started that uh, – I think that Philly is probably going to be the front runner mm. just because they have Ben Simmons right there. Right. And no matter what you think of him as a player, he still has a lot of skills that pe- that teams are going to value. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interest still in young. Him, yeah. The interest in him is real. Uh, Minnesota Hint, wants not him shooting. really bad. I could see Portland wanting him. It all depends on, like, the philosophy of the head coach. Because, I mean, if, if they do decide that they're going to trade Dame, I mean, Chauncey's going to be talked to about the type of players that he wants brought in. Do you want to do a full, full-scale full rebuild, or do you want to try to bring in a player like Ben Simmons? And if he doesn't value Simmons' skill set, then, then it's dead in the water. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to navigate because I think that that could happen before the season mm-hmm. yeah. in certain aspects. So I think he goes east. I, I don't think they trade him in conference. So. Uh, yeah, I was going to say there was a, one of the uh, friends of the shows, but obviously uh, – all that so he was, you know, Nuggets fan. He was talking about he's like he's like, Nuggets are getting Dame, and I'm like, no. ah, I just don't see it. And I was just no. I I even I looked for it everywhere. Especially with the rivalry there now, like the last few years in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I don't see them trading their star player to the team, one of the teams that's really like challenged mm-hmm. them in the playoffs. Um, yeah, NBA is going to be a lot of fun this off season. Current off season is it off? No. <laughs> You, I don't new, know, man. Okay? League years, league years work different about yeah. this. They're like the high school relationship. They're on again, off again. I'm used to the NFL where I'm like March something, March third or whatever. That's no. that is the start of the new league year. I yeah. can I can set my clock to that. NBA's got me all fucked up. Uh, <laughs> man, I I don't know. Post Super Bowl for me is always like I know that there's that start, but there's that like gearing up for the start of the NFL season. Yeah. So I need Ooh. a break sometimes. I don't. I don't need to let's be honest. I talk about we, it. We don't. We don't need it. Don't lie to us, Duncan. We know. Before we get into NHL, just going to take a second to tell you what we're sipping on right now. Uh, I think Ty and I are both sipping on the uh, Prairie Slush uh, Sour. It's delicious. Oh, man, it's fantastic. Uh, 
God, we love prairie so much. Yeah. Uh, prairie's done strawberry some strawberry and what else? Yeah, uh, raspberry puree, lemon zest. Uh, it's a wild sour. I mean, it's oh, really, shit. really good. Um, yeah, I mean, so we've we're a big fan of their rainbow sherbet as well, uh, sour beers, but uh, they do really great with stouts and sours, which is kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know, it's right in our wheelhouse, yeah, right in our wheelhouse. Uh, what are you drinking on, Duncan? Uh, I have the uh, it's the creamsicle radish. Oh, that was really good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice little local uh, shout out, uh, City Barrel. Uh, I mean, yeah, one of our favorite podcasts ever. Yeah, we'll be back we will. Absolutely. <laughs> soon. Um, Ish. Yeah, let's jump Prairie's in, uh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah, yeah Prairie's yeah. Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah. Uh, jumping into the Stanley Cup playoffs, you got Tampa Bay leading Montreal one nothing after a five one win in yeah. Game One. Uh, first things first, man. Montreal did it, Duncan. Yeah, Montreal high fives. Ty and Ty and yeah. I even talked on Saturday night. It's like, man, we both have fanhoods of other original six franchises. Right. And it's like, but we're both pulling for Montreal. Like, this is a story that it's hard not to get behind, which is funny when you consider that they have more Stanley Cups than any other franchise in NHL history. Yeah, but then again, but name the last one they've been years. to. Yeah, exactly. Name the last one they've been to, at least, and lost. Yeah. And, I mean, there's been three in my lifetime. And, I mean, I, I admit that the Red Wings are garbage right now, but also, in the same fact, I've been spoiled. I got to see, you know, a lot of cups in a very short period of time. Blackhawks, you and that see was, a lot that of was cups for me, like, short period of time. Fandom developed, and that was when the Blackhawks were were on top of the NHL. But I mean, that's where. And I I, I tweeted on behalf of the tailgate on on Saturday night. I was like, "Here we go. You've got the like the, the most dominant franchise in the NHL right now, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, mm-hmm. going for back to back cups against the best ever." trying to reclaim glory that they haven't had in three decades. Right. And, and it's, um, a, it's a fun dynamic to this yeah, series. And very, very, very rarely will you hear me openly advocate for another, like, original six team to win. Mm-hmm. Same with Duncan. Um, I mean, honestly, if this was Chicago, I wouldn't be cheering for... If it was I, Detroit, I wouldn't be cheering for them. Right. You know, and it's just kind of one of those things. There's like, I'm not... But if like, it was Boston, I wouldn't be cheering for right. them. Right. Boston, any of those teams. Uh, you know, I, Maple Leafs, maybe. I, I would not for the Maple Leafs. Uh, no, no, no. I would just nope. watch, watch them. Philly, no, no, nope, that's a no, that's a no. Philly, uh, the Flyers, Rangers, Rangers, yeah, Rangers, uh, Rangers yeah, maybe young I would team, Panarin, Rangers. But anyway, yeah, but different. But Montreal is, I don't know what it is. It's just something that, like they, it's they're not like the Yankees in that regard, right. where they're just universally hated. But that's probably for me, they've been bad for thirty. Years. For me, the Montreal Canadiens very much seem like the old school. Um, like the Red Wings in the 90s, where it's like people were rooting for it because it's been so long. This is very much like, you want to say that, this is very much in a different sport, but very much like the Packers in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Where they are the original great franchise of of that uh, that league. Post-merger. But yeah, yeah. post-merger, true. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen it. Yeah. In this regard, the Super Bowl era. But it had been 30 years since they've won a title. That's essentially what we're seeing with Montreal right now. Right. And, yeah, I mean, and, they're going, and the thing is, everyone loves the David and Goliath story. Going up against a juggernaut. I will very rarely ever root for a back-to-back unless it's one of my own teams, but that's because I'm selfish. Um, <laughs> but we all saw me in the Chiefs last <laughs> yeah, year. Like, yeah, just, honestly, I don't see a situation where I would root for a back-to-back for anyone other than my own team. Yeah, and that's and you I, were on board with the Chiefs winning back-to-back. On and, and me being on board with the Chiefs winning back-to-back kind of? for maybe for I don't care. Yeah, for for me, lie. it is literally <laughs> I want a Chiefs win back-to-back because just for me though, right? For my money, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, like, for my money and for and because yeah. we're friends, exactly. right? We want it for me. business purposes, right? Yeah, I yeah. wanted Duncan to be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And for me, it was I mean, Chiefs were my second favorite team, but that was a team that I adopted a long time ago. Yeah. And, and I just I was rooting for that for also local purposes, man. Helps yeah. the economy, helps all Absolutely. that. Yeah, um, but, but Tampa, like Tampa Bay is like going for back to back right now. I mean, we've seen teams do it mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. The Pins not too long ago, the yeah. fucking Penguins, but yeah. that's especially a franchise I would not root for. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sid the Kid is a fuck stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you heard it here, but not first. Uh, but anyway, um, but we, what we are seeing is a matchup of. Probably the two best goalies in hockey right now. Arguably yeah. the two hottest goalies in Andre uh, Vasilevsky yeah. and Carey Price. Uh, Carey Price of Montreal. Yeah. Uh, we've often said that goaltending comes – or the Stanley Cup <laughs> comes down to goaltending and defense and um, Vasilevsky, man. I mean, I think I, well. I think I gave you the stat, like, after they shut out new uh, the Islanders to get to the Stanley Cup finals that – that uh, Vasilevsky has had a shutout in each of their series clinching games in this postseason yeah. so far. 
71 career playoff starts and like six shootouts. It's and then something um, ridiculous. Carey Price just being the game seven maestro that he is. Yeah. Like that's we'll see if this can get to game seven because it wasn't pretty yesterday. He gave four goals. Uh, but that's that. I mean, that's what comes down to when you you're talking about Stanley Cup hockey. You can't write off Canadians from the start. Um, but in the same fact, like you were talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're the juggernaut. You were talking about yeah. You were talking about I'm one of the, the best juggernaut, team. bitch. Yeah, I'm. You're talking about one of the best teams in hockey, and you know, almost every single one of my scenarios, I had Tampa going through the thing, but I also had Tampa losing to Vegas or Colorado. Yeah, this is not Vegas or Colorado, and this is the Tampa, Cinderella. Team. Yeah, this is the true Cinderella team, and. Like I said, they remind me a lot of like the early '90s and the late '90s Red Wings, and we'll see what happens from there. They have the right mix of older players that need that sort of cup, you know, that Shea Weber's and all those. Um, but then they also have uh, they also have a lot of young talent on there as well. You know, that that's surging. Jake Evans came back after that brutal hit um, in that last game, and the problem is they play really defensive hockey. So you're seeing defensive hockey with the flash of scoring versus the supreme scoring hockey of the Tampa Bay Lightning and great forechecking, which forechecking basically almost wins you a cup guaranteed or gets you competitive for it. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're looking at with the Knights. That's what you're looking at with the Avalanche. And the the Habs need to make sure that if they want to take this series, they need to try to eight have that hybrid style of they can play very offensive-based, and once they get ahead, they can kind of shut down defensively. But in the same fact, you can't sit back and let the game come to you when you're yeah. playing against the Lightning. the Lightning. The Lightning are too dominant at that, and I think that's the mistake they made in Game 1, and I don't expect them to make that again because Carey Price does not like to lose. I mean, no one does. But no, Carey Price does not like to lose 5-1 to one and be embarrassed like that. No. And so you can kind of expect that this might be the best opportunity for the Habs because this could set up that upset thing because it's like, oh, shit, nope. We've been down before. 3-1 to Toronto, did it, came back, swept, and started doing it. And, yeah, they started resting on their laurels because they beat top teams after that. But this, if this is any indication of what Stanley Cup should be, this should ignite the fire. And yeah. we never want to see a sweep in the Stanley Cup. Nope. No, absolutely. I don't want to see a sweep in any sports. That oh, yeah. sucks. Unless it's your team sweeping. Yeah, um, do it. Or if you really hate the other team that's in there. Like, there are certain teams I wouldn't, like, Oh, yeah. I think the LeBron Lakers, I wouldn't mind being seen. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see them get swept. Um, so, do you want to move on to. Do we? Do want to move I on do to want to move on to or. Football. Or football. Matthew. Uh, Matthew. All right. Let's talk some. Let's talk a little Tehran. Yeah. Tehran Matthew. Is, is it news for sure, though? No. This is a very. It's, not. it's speculative. It's speculative. 75% maybe bet. It's. Maybe 60 Huh? Maybe two thirds, maybe sixty-six percent. So bet. on Instagram Live yes, yesterday, uh-huh. uh, he was having a little bit of a party, a little bit of a celebration, life, uh, celebration of he's, life. He's, yeah, he's the landlord. not celebration he's, of he's, life. He's, celebrating life is just different. Life. Of life is different. <laughs> he's <laughs> celebrating because he's the landlord and he's about to collect rent. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. From 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 who? The Chiefs. Is that? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, Are we, we hinting at something here? He. W- yeah, because I mean, he wouldn't be celebrating getting traded or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that information he, would be out there. He kind of likes the team that he's but at. He really likes. He the really team likes he's the on. team he's on. Um, Should we bring in an analyst, Katie Camlin, to see if she's heard anything in the liquor store about this one? Maybe. I mean, if we had that set up, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, don't. we don't. We don't. We so, don't. Shout out to uh, Katie Camlin, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. So the speculation is that Tyron Matthews finally going to sign an extension that he. I mean, they should have gotten done a while ago. Yeah. Albeit the Chiefs are a team that do tend to operate like we're not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. We're going to get our ducks in a row, and then we'll make sure that, you know, our guys are going to get taken care of. You've seen Chris Jones. You've seen Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. These contracts not get done until, you know, literally sometimes the end of training came. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's I, that's honestly – I was expecting the the Matthew deal to get done. But I figured it'd be along those same lines. And that's, that's, I could see players maybe like, oh, I want it now. You know, I want it. But Beach takes care of his boys. That's a comforting thing about your system should be that is your players will wait for the deal that's offered to them instead of being like, you're not offering me something. I'm going to go find something. Right. Right. Which is smart on both sides. I mean, take care of your guys. But also, if you're a player, don't just settle for the first deal put put in front of you, get your value. And I mean, the, I don't think there's very many teams that have done a better job of building deals that make sense for the player and the organization than the Chiefs lately. So, and we rarely get bit in the ass, Frank Clark. 
Sometimes. Everybody gets bitten ass sometimes. Everybody does. Everybody. Everybody bites uh, the kneecaps. But sticking with oh, some <laughs> that's that's great news for the Chiefs. And sticking to something that's I mean, local kind of because of it his is, impact I would on say the it last is local. World Series. Uh but Anybody's heard about the Ben Zobris situation? It just sucks, man. He uh, is suing a church and pastor in his like after his. He's getting a divorce, right? Yes, he's. I, uh, I believe he's either yeah. in the process or already is divorced. Yeah. yeah. So the cause of his divorce, divorce, divorce listed was that uh, his marriage pastor. Counselor pants. pants. It's it's called a it's, marriage pastor. Uh, and the article I read was sleeping wow. with his wife, and he had donated over eight million dollars to this pastor's church. So mm -hmm. he's suing the pastor because he basically defrauded him, in his in his words, because his whole job was to help improve his marriage, and his marriage is failing because his pastor started screwing. And his wife. and this is mind blowing. And like I remember this this story coming out a little bit. And it wasn't the depths that this story has gone to now mm -hmm. that we've, the, that's been un, things that have been uncovered. And it was originally just that he's taking, and this was a big thing last year, that Zobris was taking time away from baseball to work on his marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay, his marriage is falling apart, probably going to be divorced. And like me and a lot of other Royals fans here in Kansas City were like, man, that's a bummer. Because again, we are very fond of Ben Zobris. And now to hear that this is, you're paying the dude to help your marriage and he's stooping your wife. Like, <laughs> That is just that's like the, that's the lowest ridiculously of the low. low for Especially the amount a of man money. of God to be doing the amount of money that he's paying him to improve mm. his marriage. Yeah, eight million dollars, eight million dollars just for marriage counseling. So like Zobris was all in on this. He's like, I need to fix this, like whatever the issues are. And this guy goes, not only doesn't help you in your marriage, he makes it a billion times worse. Yeah, like, yeah. Added infidelity sad. into it. And, and honestly, like, I hate to be completely callous uh, to this thing, uh, but when it comes down to, like, Ben Zobris, like, I want him to, you know, I want that, I want everything to be figured out because I want him to get every cent back. Mm -hmm. And I want, absolutely. I want her to get absolutely nothing from this marriage. And I don't wish that because I know that Ben Zobris will still take care of that kid oh, and, yeah. and still well, do right I mean, by the child. Kids that's kids. one of the things like, that we loved here in Kansas City is like when it, because obviously he was a rental. Mm -hmm. We yeah. all know that. You know, the, yeah. the Royals made the trade with Oakland and gave up Manaya and a couple other guys. And that's, you know, Zobris helped us win a World Series. But it wasn't just how much Royals fans loved him. And I think a lot of people might forget that Royals fans back then wanted to keep Zobris more than Alex Gordon. Right. They're both free agents. And obviously glad that we kept Gordon because of, you know, Gordon had a more productive, like, yes, Zobris was more productive at first, but over the course of the contract, Gordon was, and yeah. we saw multiple uh, gold gloves. But um, they, the Zobris, love being in Kansas City. We saw it during the parade, you know, in the back of the pickup truck, like them showing a lot of love to Kansas City. They put out an ad in this, in the Kansas City Star thanking uh, Kansas City after they'd signed with, after he'd signed with the Cubs. And mm. then, but most of all, their child that was born right after the World, either during or right after the World Series, they named her middle name Royal. Like, mm -hmm. they loved their time in Kansas City. And so this was, like, cool, man. This is a really cool family. Like, and I'm, I'm glad that they got to be a part of of the Royal family. Like, mm -hmm. pun intended. Yeah. Pun not, eh, whatever. Intended. Um, but uh, it was something, it was really cool. And that's where Royals fans, especially in 2016 when the Cubs went to the World Series, a lot of Royals fans were rooting for the Cubs because yep. we wanted to see Zobrist oh, yeah. get another title. Yeah. Well, he's just a likable guy, and so for this to happen to him, again, you don't you don't wish ill will on people, but yeah, I hope he gets every fucking penny. And yeah. that pastor, marriage pastor, marriage counselor, piece of shit, go to, is what he is. Like, I, and the, the the problem that I'm having with this topic is I'm really having an issue, kind of skating around the sports versus religion because i definitely keep it i try to keep it all separate um grew up very very religious in mm -hmm. my family um and the way that everything kind of like panned out and all that stuff um i'm not against religion and i'm not against anything like that but there is a part of me that is just so angry 
with different Christianity aspects when it comes to that, because I feel like it becomes more of an industry and less of a religion, less of what's taught to you to actually have like the morals and the upstanding stuff, but more of like the, how can I get a cash grab? And this is one of those situations that so leans into a cash grab for me from that pastor. And it's like, how can I be vindictive and take advantage of people and use my position of power to prey on younger people or prey on whatever, you know, situation that I need to be vulnerable. people. Yeah. Vulnerable people. Instead of being like the, this is all about the message and what we're supposed to, what, what is actually written down and what you want to pass to your kids, your family, your friends and all that stuff. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. I don't want to get into a tirade because it, it's just, eh, but it, it pisses me off. Tyrate, I know that. Uh, I know what that. That's what that, that was. was that was. <laughs> that was not intended. No, no, no. This was not intended. I just, I just gave you a look. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and I know, and for the one that says Jesus Christ, still like one yeah. of us all the time. But not I completely intended. agree um, with this. To get back to the seriousness <laughs> yeah. of this of this issue, it's hard for me to just stick to sports. And, sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because I also, and it's not even because of the the religious background that I had. One of my best friends, like one of the dearest men to me in my entire life like, I'm like a brother brian dole is a pastor and like and it has taken his life up to like to places that he never thought he lives up in, in northern north dakota a, a, an hour away from the canadian border north dakota never thought he would be up there and and he's up there with his beautiful wife Michelle, southern canada who also went to seminary school to become to dakotas to also get into this <laughs> no. to, to also to be a member of the church and and to be a pastor and um he's doing like he's trying to change people's lives for the good yeah. and this to see what this this man did to ben zobris just pisses me off to no end because i yeah. think of all the good that my my friend brian tries to do and i know that there are some really really shitty people in any of the churches out oh absolutely there. obviously we can we, we're not going to go into it but we can uh there's so many horrible just terrible stories that have happened and just to think that there's still people out there that try to, they prey on people's vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. When you are in the position where you need to be protecting right. there's both ends people, of the they come to you. And it's just, it is absolutely appalling. Right. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck yeah. that guy. And uh, to move on to fuck something else. That wasn't our throw it on the grill. That, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that might have been our throw it on the grill. All right, so we're, we had our brats, <laughs> and now we have a little hot dogs. We have some burgers going, too. Like, <laughs> uh, So, yeah, we are going to throw it on the grill. And last week, we hinted at the NCAA is probably going to be a recurring we, throw it on the grill we segment for us. We literally and did say it. It's just like, well, who knows? Maybe next week they'll piss us off again. We got That's a week. We, let's make it two in a row because NCAA is getting thrown on the grill again this week. Us now, it wasn't us throwing them on the grill last week. We were thankful to the Supreme Court for yeah, throwing they them for on the us. Grill. They did it for us. Kavanaugh yeah. threw them on the grill. This time us. we are throwing them back Absolutely. on the grill. <sighs> uh, the situation with the NCAA this week, uh, NC State, right? North Carolina State, yep. yep. Uh, was had two, I want to say it was two players test positive for COVID. Mm hmm. Uh, causing their whole team to have to get tested. And then I believe two other players who were vaccinated uh, test positive for COVID. And that eliminated them from being in contention in the College World Series. Mm -hmm. uh, the baseball committee for the NCAA forced them to basically uh, play a no contest and forfeit their game against Vanderbilt. Right? It was against Vanderbilt, yep. yes. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, our point of uh, throwing the NCAA on the grill this week, because if you think that that would have happened in basketball or football, you are insane. You're lying to yourself. That game would have got moved. This was the Final Four. Like this yeah. literally was because on on the other end, yeah, Texas and Mississippi State, and then here yep. you got you know Vanderbilt and North Carolina State, and yeah, if this happened in Pick any final, four teams from the Final Four, this happened in the Final Four. The if this yeah. happened in the women's Final Four. I honestly wonder if they would be like, oh, well, sorry, you're screwed in the women's Final Four. But if it was in – I would hope not. But if it was in the men's Final Four or the college football playoff, absolutely not. They're no. doing everything in their power to reschedule, mm -hmm. to do whatever they can. Or just be like, they're, most of them are vaccinated, right? So it's probably actually cool, right? What's, so we'll go ahead and like – And what's really hilarious – not I shouldn't say hilarious, but disheartening about – and funny because of the incompetence of it all is the NCAA is still allowed – NC State as a team to take team photos from the stadium together the day that they were getting booted from like 
after it was announced. Like, yeah, yeah, still come in and take your team photo with all their players. Hey, you participated right in the College this, World Series. Congratulations. Right on this field that's going to be used later by the teams that I'm not saying I'm a vindictive person, but I would have licked every seat and coughed on every single thing that I could. Just watch I would have Ruby Gobert, Rudy Gobert that entire stadium. I mean, for inappropriately, I would not. For an organization, and obviously we don't have any precedence that the in, like we don't have something in history that we can point to and be like, see, they rescheduled for this, you know, in regards to a Final Four or a college football playoff. No. But it's just one of those things you don't need to have any evidence of it to know that that's what would happen. Right. And given that we've seen what they did now in this college world series and, and screw over North Carolina state. And I mean, that was to the two kids who hadn't gotten vaccinated. Like that, that's what it was. The two kids that weren't yeah. vaccinated and yep. like, that's yeah, two players that like the rest of the team that got tested was back va were vaccinated. The two, the other players, it was either two or three players that tested positive after that. Uh, were vaccinated, had no symptoms. Yeah. If anything, how about the two players that were unvaccinated that test positive? Yeah, you you have to sit out. It shows it shows that still more people need yeah. to be taking this more seriously. Sure. But on what we're talking about here is the NCAA being just unfair. Basically, yeah, being unfair because non revenue sports. And and we've talked about how when the revenue sharing comes in, it's clear that football and men's basketball are going to get the bulk of the share. Of revenue sharing other sports should get a portion but again it's going to be based on who brings in the revenue mm. and as people are going to dislike it it is it is what it is right but that still should trickle down to the other organizations but that doesn't mean when they're in 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 playoffs or when they're in championship contention that they should be disqualified especially when you're that close mm -hmm. right when you're because we did see in the ncaa tournament i can't remember which team I think it was uh, VCU mm -hmm. actually did uh, get. Uh, they it's had a Oregon game, right? Oregon, huh? it was it Oregon that yeah, it was Oregon. Yeah, 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 that was early in the tournament, right? And so it's still, I guess, it's a question mark time. Yeah, but we know that they wouldn't have done that come Final Four, probably not even Elite Eight. No, not even. And to do this to a baseball team in the College World Series, I think it just shows that the lack of respect the NCAA shows, and they sit there and say, "Oh, well, we care about all of our sports," blah blah blah, and. This is, I think, going to be ultimately will be another example of no, you don't. You don't give a shit about all your student athletes. You don't give a shit about all your teams, all the schools out there. Never have. And you definitely don't give a shit about all the sports. Yeah. And so this is like, it's, I'm just, God, how many times are we going to say it? Fuck, we said it last week. Like, we know the NCAA is going to do something to piss us off again. Yeah. And here we are. Tune in next week for another throw it on the grill. <laughs> just, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Next week while we We continue. don't even know what the topic is yet. It's just a burnt, charred piece of meat at this point. It's falling through it's, the grates, and it's yeah. just sitting Brett on Kavanaugh the coals. Did, uh, did all of us Jesus. a favor, and I've, I've been watching, uh, I've been watching Ballers the last, uh, the last week or so, and mm -hmm. I just went through the season where uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character goes after the NCAA, and everything is incredibly valid that he says. It's like. If and it's just like what Kavanaugh says, if this was in any other walk of life, what the NCAA gets away with, it'd be high crime. Yeah. An owner of the Chiefs, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he owns the Chiefs in that show. Well, Spencer Later. Strasmore owns Whatever the Chiefs. Not, I didn't know it's not name. actually Dwayne Johnson. Can you smell? Well, it's, it's, it's silly goose. It's Dwayne. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Dwayne. Fuck Dwayne Johnson Jr. NFL. Fuck the NCAA. Yeah, fuck, fuck the NCAA. NCAA. Yeah. Uh, can't wait till that's not like a real organization anymore. And it's just. <sighs> It's gonna shut please. it down. It's gonna be a very like it's, it's gonna be very interesting in that it, like next ten to twenty years to see what the NCAA becomes because there's already people talking about like basketball and football going kind of be their own entity within still within the NCAA, yeah. but like very different from what we see right now. Just which pay, I can't just wait pay the for. kids. Just pay them. That's I mean NIL is a thing. They're they're gonna oh, yeah. yeah. Go NIL, man. Yeah. Image, image and likeness, they're going to be able to do that. What's up? Oh, you want that? Yeah, Ty needs another beer. <laughs> Daddy needs his juice. Daddy needs his juice. Hi, Archie. Uh, <laughs> to finish up the show, our uh, toast this week is to Tyler Hero. Mm -hmm. uh, the tragedy that happened in Miami this past week, it was Friday, uh, where the apartment building collapsed, and they've already 
last I saw, which was yesterday, sometime could be more, they confirmed nine people dead, but most of the people are just missing right now because of, like there was a huge apartment complex that apparently needed, had had structural issues. Eight billion dollars when, worth of renovations yeah, or something like that. Needed to happen to it. And they, like when that's the case, obviously people shouldn't be living in there. Um, but it did yeah. collapse. And uh, I honestly don't know the details of what, Tyler Hero's doing. Uh, it was it yeah. was uh, the uh, the guard for the Heat, Tyler Hero, who we yeah. talked about yep. um, on the show before. He was working out with two Heat coaches, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Quinn and Eric Glass, uh, at the Heat facility. Mm -hmm. on, it was it was last Thursday on on Thursday morning, and they got this call of what had happened, and they immediately dropped what they were doing just to go assist in any way they could, right. and we're helping give uh, give. So like unload trucks and mm -hmm. they weren't bringing supplies, medical bringing supplies, yeah. water, food, you know, essentials, things like that to try to help any of the survivors who were being pulled out of this. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, they were also assisting, um, some of the other, uh, other like the or they were giving money to like relief efforts when it came to like teams that were like going in there trying to like, yeah, find yeah. People and, and, and all the, stuff. the heat did the Marlins contributed. I, yeah. I haven't read in, in this report, but I'm sure the Dolphins probably did as well. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's just really cool to see, you know, a player and two coaches just, yeah. hey, we're working out. Oh, shit, this happened. Our community needs us. Let's go. There's yeah. something bigger than yourself, mm -hmm. and that's other people. And that's one thing that we want to stress and strive on this podcast is, like, yeah, we love sports, but there's something bigger than you out there. So, like, we want to take away the negativity and the selfishness as much as possible, yep. but, like, I will, care about other people. I will know? never apologize for the fact that on our shows, our, this show and I do on Tapped In, like, we tout, be better, like, yeah. help people. Like, yeah. I'm never going to apologize. We can't say it enough. And that's just really cool to see Tyler Hero do that. 100%. Then his last name being Hero is just I can be your hero, baby. Regard. But uh, no, that's definitely a toast to Tyler Hero and uh, Chris Quinn and Eric Glass. Absolutely. And that's all we have for today. Um, <clears throat> next week, we will probably be previewing the finals. Oh, my gosh. We should be at that point. Right? And it's talking about possibly the end of the Stanley Cup finals. I certainly or... hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would be like a sweep of five games. Probably. Yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. That. Yeah. We're sweep. talking about like yeah. an impending game six, game seven or something yeah. like that. So. And uh, if that Matthew, Tyron Matthew extension happens, I'm sure we'll break down a little bit of the numbers with that one because oh, that's going to have implications on the yeah. Chiefs' future, of course. Um, yeah. But thank you for tuning in. We love you guys.